This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, David Moore. And as usual, I'm joined this evening by my co-host, Andrew Greasley. Evening, Andrew. Evening, Dave, mate. You okay? Very well, thank you. Another great weekend again for the Sky Blues. Mark Robbins ensured that his side's Operation Championship is still well in order. Uh, A great gutsy win away to Bristol Rovers, albeit very incredibly cold and windy at the Memorial uh, Stadium. Do you want to take us through what happened Saturday, Andrew? Yeah, I'll start with the stats, Dave. Um, We weren't particularly uh, played particularly well, as it shows by the stats. Um, We had five shots against their 13, uh, 74% pass accuracy compared to their 80%. Uh, We had better possession, uh, 56.2% versus their 43.8. Morosi had four saves to make compared to Blackman, who had just one to make. So the stats are not that kind to us. However, you know, we'll go in more depth in the game in a a moment. But yeah, the the stats did weigh in Bristol Rovers' favour on this occasion. Which is exactly how it felt, actually, Andrew. I think that at the same time, we've said we've played some really great football this season. There's been games where maybe perhaps at Peterborough, we played exceptional football and we should have come away with perhaps more than we did in that that fixture. And there's the games like Tramere where we let it slip, but again, had a lot of possession within the game. So it's good to be able to actually win a game and not play particularly well. Obviously, you don't want to make a habit of that, but at the same time, it's good to see that the Sky Blues are still able to ground out a result yeah 100, yeah 100% on that Dave yeah um, I think the first um, 30 minutes wasn't very good at all you know we nearly conceded early doors McFadden had to head off the line and then uh, obviously they, we just our passing was poor we just weren't at it at all and that's unlike us because normally start games quite well I don't know if it was to do with the long three hour bus journey or what but yeah we seem to uh, be a bit fatigued in the first 30 minutes Robbins did mention that, didn't he? He said that in, he and maybe that's something he'll change in the future, um, whether they'll travel down the evening before to some games like this. I mean, I got the bus from London. I must admit, I was shattered by the time I got there and I wasn't having yeah. to chase around in the middle of the park. So no. I'm pretty sure he, he's got some you know, valid comments there. But yeah, we did look flat. We did look a little bit, um, not a lot of chat going on, misplaced passes, couldn't really you know, get a foot in the game. But what I would say to our credit is it just goes to show that 10, 15 minute spell that we're good enough to beat any team in this league on our day if we play our football for a good 10 or 15 minutes. And as long as we keep it solid for the remainder of the game, that 10, 15 minutes of class, it just showed through, didn't it? 
Oh, very much so, yeah. Um, after, obviously, their goal, which we'll go into. But, yeah, the 15-minute spell, we just blew them away. And it was good enough to win the game. I don't know if I want to do that every game, but, no, on this occasion, it was good enough to get the win. Yeah, like you said, the key points in the game, um, early doors, McFadden obviously saved one off the line. There was a header. Mm. I'm not sure if Morosi, you know, he, he, he didn't look to have it covered in the highlights that I've seen. And it, it was pretty much had to be uh, knocked off the line. No, that was going in. It's a superb header by their, their, I think it was their winger who's coming off the right-hand side. And McFadden did brilliantly to get it off the line. So no, if it wasn't for Fads, that would have been 1-0. Absolute hero. Um, but then to zero. Yeah, but it was indicative. Um, that, that, that goal was indicative of how we started the game. Um, Dabo throwed it into O'Hare. Lethargic, obviously played it back to Dabo very lethargically, um, half-heartedly, didn't even get to Dabo, and then they obviously booted it up the field. Fads seemed to got caught in two minds, whether he thought Morosi was coming for the ball or not. doesn't matter. You deal with it. That should have gone into Rosette. He took his eye off the ball. Obviously, Clark Harris jumped in, out-muscled him, and obviously put it in the bottom corner through Morosi's leg. So, no. It was a um, good finish, wasn't it? It was a good finish, but he should never have been in that sort of position uh, in the first place. But, you know, credit to him. He scored a lot of goals this season, and that was was another strong finish. Very strong finish, and he's good on his left-hand side. You know, if you give give, uh, Johnson half an opportunity on his left-hand side, he'll hit the target. You know, he scored a lot of goals last season. He's, I think he's in near enough eight or nine goals this season. So he... His record's decent, so no, uh, it was. Uh, if you give him the chance, he'll, he'll certainly uh, nine times out of ten take it. Yeah, it's very disruptive for them. He, he puts himself about, doesn't he? It was. Uh, I mean, they're an absolutely filthy side, to be honest. I mean, mm. it, they, the amount of times Callum O'Hare got took down was just. I, I couldn't. I lost count in the end. But, yeah, that's, um, that's that's two weeks. That's two weeks running now, isn't it? With Fleetwood and Bristol Rovers, it seems to have been kicked all over the place, haven't we? A lot of dark arts being used. It's that sort of league, isn't it? I think you do get a lot of old, old-fashioned players, if you like, a few brutes in there. I think, I think we admit that every side kind of needs one. We don't really have one, if I'm honest. Uh, we used to have it with Michael Doyle, of course, but um, Kelly's not really that sort of player. We, we're managing fine without it, but a lot of other sides do have that sort of old head, don't they, to sort of get the young ones going by kicking someone early doors. Yeah, you say that, but I still think we have that leadership quality. I still think like people like Kelly look after people well. Fads looks after people well. I think you know Morosi's a big presence as well. So I think we do have that presence that if if needed it be, we can mix it. We don't. We're not a dirty side. We don't go around kicking people. We're the best footballing team in the league. But if someone tests us, I think we'll stand up to it. No problem, Dave. I'm not sure the uh, highlights actually showed. So the the goal where it came from is actually mm. right on our side. Um, there's obviously two parts to the standing and seating at Bristol Rovers. You've got the marquee wedding tent, which I don't know if they rent that out on a weekend when they're not playing. Um, maybe there's a wedding DJ in there and a couple of people. But and then you've got, of course, the what only can be described as a sort of Nuneaton Borough style, and I, I mean the old Nuneaton Borough, not not the new the new stadium style sort of standing terracing. I was on that stand in Terracin and, and McFadden, what he kind of done was, you know, when a player sort of shepherds out a ball uh, on the byline. So it's, say it's going for a, a goal kick and, the, the you know, the attacker is sort of behind and it's, you know, the defender and the byline. He sort of did that thing where they sort of stopped dead and put their sort of bum out a little bit to sort of shield it. Mm. Um, he did that. He just did it about 35 yards from the byline. Not, yeah, um, I think what happened is that he was so conscious of uh, Johnson's pace that as soon as the ball came over, he, he, he wanted Morosi to come for it. That's why he put his arm in the air. And cause Moro- yards out. Yeah, because Morosi said, no, I'm not coming for it. Then he took his eye off the ball. Johnson just nipped in. It was just poor. Just next time, Fads, keep your eye on the ball and put in the stand, mate. I suppose it was still... You know, you could argue that they're fairly cold. I can't remember what minute the goal was on now, but it fit, felt early doors. But it probably was, you know, they should have had a foot in the game by then. But to me, it's just this this thing again where 
I don't think it's just Coventry City. I don't think it's just McFadden. I think it's just modern day football in that it's almost like it's uh, people, players are ashamed now to to do the old fashioned get rid. You know, it, it really does feel like that to me that it's like the last resort. And I know we want to play football, and I know that fans go and watch football and they want to see. They don't want to see big hoofs out. But there's a time and a place, and I think that if there was ever a time, you know, we had that one with the pass back at Rotherham, which was a lot nearer to his um, is a uh, you know. The keeper and Morosi, but this time round, you know, there was a good 30 yards away from. Yeah, I thought it was more indicative of how the way we started the game. Um, I thought it was just because we started the game so half-hearted, so lacklustre. I think it was just indicative of that because it it wasn't just McFadden's mistake. It was O'Hare's poor pass to Dabo. It, it, the whole thing was just a mess, and it, it was because we started so poorly and lethargically. We did, like you say, start very lethargically, very poorly. We couldn't really get a foot in the game. And then weirdly, something sort of changed. We started to get a bit more possession. We started to get a bit more comfortable, you know, on the ball. We were still a little bit out of sorts. And then we put a lovely passing move together. Absolutely. From from front to back, uh, which ended up opening up space for... Jamie Allen, um, who obviously came in for his first start in, in in some time in the league, and and he sl- he sw- you know sort of slotted it past the keeper in in a really good team goal. Yeah, this this goal is just wow! Like this this goal is just way above Sky Bet League One. This is just a phenomenal goal. I think I counted eleven or more passes. It was yeah. just unreal. You know, to play that kind of football. On that hard pitch with windy conditions, it's just, like I said, above this level. You know, it started, obviously, with Walshy putting it out to Rose. You know, Rose put it into Kelly's feet. Then Rose came out of centre-back a bit like Barese a little bit, not not in that sense. But, yeah, he came out beautifully out of the defence. Which is actually my favourite part of the goal. Yeah, it might. me too. The way you came the out of the defence. The reason it's yeah. my favourite part of the goal is because the Bristol Rovers fans cheer when he sort of stumbles over the ball, <laughs> not knowing what's about to happen. Yeah, and then obviously he slips it into Walsh and, and Walsh's way of pass for Allen's... Allen's uh, he didn't even need to break stride, did he, Jamie no. Allen? And, and the way Jamie Allen coolly finished, that's why we bought him in the summer, because he can do that. Yeah, it's great. And I, I've enjoyed the goal. I've watched it multiple times back. And, and the too. same, I'm sure our followers have on our Twitter channels. And, um, you know, it's just, it was an absolute magnificent game. And that's when the sort of switch flicked for me. And that was when we actually really started to get going because we were back onto that level, you know, level playing field, if you like, you know, not nil nil, one one, but, you know, back to draw, back to in control of the game then where we could sort of start getting back to our football and playing and we continue to do that and we continue to prod and and it, it, it obviously resulted again in another lovely goal pull back from O'Hare um, after some really great work down the right hand side by Darbo um, which resulted in Walsh slotting it past the keeper uh, for, for 2-1 going into half time yeah, another good goal, wasn't it? Um, great, great industry by the steam train Dabo. Um, he feeded O'Hare, and O'Hare basically you know, pulled it back, falling over, didn't he? And then uh, Walshy just planted it in the top bag. Um, great finish by Walshy, passed a big keeper like Blackman. I think Rob, Robin said after the game, he was right behind that, and he said it was in as soon as he Walshy hit it. No, fa- fa- fabulous strike by a fabulous player. Yeah, and what a celebration! I don't—you can't really see it in the highlights. It's sort of just off co- earth camera, but he does this oh, sort of it, yeah. bow. He does this sort Love of it. like bow in front of the the away fans, which is uh, was well, you know, the home fans. Sorry, um, are away, are away. Yeah, yeah. nice, nice little bit, nice bit of shit house tree. Always goes down well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, someone had to do it if ship has not been on the pitch. <laughs> Definitely. Now, um, obviously, the only thing that I would pull out from that is uh, the second half. You know, there was a few chances. Don't get it wrong. We had um, we had a couple of different chances in the second half, which we could have made it three-one. We always looked in control. You did have that feel about it. There was a shot gone cross I think that was like picked up in the wind and it went did like a boomerang it was a, a scary moment for Morosi who sort of was jogging to collect it and as it as it was in the air it sort of boomeranged round and and it, for a minute you thought oh god is this going to be one of those freak goals but you know you know it wasn't to be a great 2-1 
win, a gutsy performance. We weren't at the top of our game. Um, and I think a special mention has to go to Morosi, who has been, you know, again, an excellent sign-in. It's great down to his right-hand side from Clark Harry's as a free kick. And then, of course, in the dying sort of emps of the game, he, he saved from... Clark Harry's again, really brave actually, um, and and sort of got a kick in the leg as a, a result of that, which we had a free kick and took the pressure off. And yeah, the the, the, the save we well, the end from uh, Clark Harris was outstanding because as a keeper, if you come out, a lot of keepers would have a rush of blood there and basically bring the bloke down. And yeah. if you're going to bring that down, he would have been sent off. He would have had a late bath, as I said, and uh, it would have been a problem. But he stood up really well. Um, didn't go down and obviously Clark Harris just put it against his legs and then he rolled around and it even got a foul to the annoyance of the Bristol Rovers fans, which was quite funny. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, really, really good um, goalkeeping. And he, he is keeping. very, very, very solid. And it, it sort of drew out, that was, you know, one one big thing of the game, but it drew out, you know, the sort of hot topics of the game. Um Starting off from before the you know ball was even kicked is a sort of shippers Westbrook um, dropped. Um, what did you make of that? Uh, I tend to agree with it a little bit, not because not because specifically they've been playing poorly, because they haven't. Shippers didn't score. You know, he scored against Doncaster uh, not long ago, didn't he? And he's been doing really well, and his stats are brilliant this season. As, as likewise Westbrook. But I just think with the amount of games we're playing these days, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, that I think they just needed a rest. And I think against uh, Fleetwood, they were really struggling, and they got dragged, didn't they, at half time? So um, I wasn't surprised, no, Dave, that they uh, got rested. And that's that's you know like you said about Westbrook, he's been phenomenal this season for us in in many many ways. What I would say is that there was a bit of transfer speculation, wasn't there? A bit of transfer rumor um, late up in the evening. You can imagine. I know it sounds silly, but we are all up on our phones at eleven o'clock at night before the deadline, and I could imagine that players as well were. It, it just to me, I felt that. It was a bit of a worry, actually, with all that speculation of Westbrook, whether probably it was going to be a good thing to rest him. And that wasn't a side of anything, you know, anything, you know, professionally or. But I just felt that actually, you know, all that speculation hours before kickoff, really, if you think about it, really bad time in this this year's transfer window being, you know, a Friday night when players are going into a Saturday. You know, there's still people saying they were going to make bids for him up to three teams with, was perhaps chasing him. I think Scott Parker's Fulham were, were in the hunt and perhaps, but I don't know if anything was officially um, lodged. I would expect to say that it wasn't because there was nothing official from the account to say that they've turned any offers down. But that can't be great for a player's mindset going into a game can it no uh, and that might be the re- another reason why he was he was uh, he was not playing on Saturday um, it's not ideal he was linked you know when people are linked with especially championship clubs it's going to turn your head isn't it so no there was nothing on the feed the official feed that any bids came in for him but with all the speculation it may have turned his head and that may be the reason why Robbins left him on the bench for Saturday and it was a story of a good, the bad and the ugly uh, for McFadden over the weekend from some really, really good defending, some solid blocks, obviously the, the clearance off the, off the line. And then to the sad, you know, sort of a bit sad where it was disappointing, really. I felt that it was a bit of bad judgment by him on part for the Johnson Clark Harry's goal. And then I suppose, don't know what the ugly was, if I'm honest, but it's, it's, it's become a bit of a talking point over the last couple of weeks about McFad scene. I think a lot of people are really behind him. I think a lot of people want to make sure that he's, you know, that they're supporting him. If that makes sense, there's not, there's a bit of groaning and moaning, but then there's always going to be, but I think he's still solid and we're still a solid defense with McFad scene in there. Yeah, to be fair, the, the, the annoyance from people um, from the early in the season had calmed down a bit because we, before, obviously, Saturday, we, we kept four clean sheets in a row. Yeah. So, you know, it had died down. Um, however, you know, another incident on Saturday where he's made an error that's cost a goal. On our very first pod a few weeks ago, we discussed Fat McFadzine and it's one area that he needs to cut out because... If you can see goals as a defender, you're going to be looked at. And again, people are looking at him. He needs to learn that things like that should be happening once a season, maximum twice. 
Yeah, and it's happening a little bit too often, it which is. is a shame because actually, by large, you know, and that what I would like to pull out for the weekend is the ball was absolutely whirling about in the air, you know, absolutely caught all over the place in the wind. And we know that Clark Harries is a bit of a handful, puts himself about, and actually he dealt with that really, really well. Um, and obviously, being we haven't spoke on the podcast for a little while, but again, the same up against Ched Evans, an absolute, you know, tosser, really, I think yeah. is the best word to describe him because he really yeah. did show his true colours that evening. And I just couldn't quite believe, you know, diving around and, you know, pushing people off the ball and awful. Um, and actually, McFadden absolutely had him in his pocket for the majority of the game. Mm. Yeah, he did. And like, like my previous point is that the last four games, we kept four clean sheets, no real individual errors from McFadden. He's been doing really well. So, a little bit disappointing for Saturday and yeah, he uh, he needs to learn from that and hopefully move forward because I like him. I like his leadership qualities. I think we're a better side when he's in the side. He, he marshals the other two really well. Um, I'm a big fan of McFadden. But he's very good airily as well, isn't he? Brilliant. You know, he's brilliant in the air. Which you need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's an absolute monster in the air. He wins most things. It's like a magnet to him half the time, isn't it? But with him... Because you don't see Hyam and Rose make individual errors like that, do you? No, you don't. But do you think that possibly is um, because part, he plays in the centre? Because he yeah. plays in the centre, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. You know, so you know, there's a chance that he is just getting more chances to sort of mess up, if that makes sense. And, yeah, and I think, I, know, he, I, I think uh, sorry to put in Dave, I thought right. he, he had an interview um, pre-match. And he talked about that he played because he plays in the centre. He actually said that he'd been making a few more mistakes because of that, because he's so central and he gets the ball more often than the other two. I think he did mention that in his uh, pre-match conference to the Bristol game. So maybe, could be right. But still, Which, needs, needs to cut him out. Yeah, but like you say, perhaps if he's... I didn't actually see that. I must have missed mm-hmm. that. So if he's sort of vocally expressing those concerns, then you can see uh, that sometimes he may well be that sort of rabbit in the headlights. And, and unfortunately, it seems Saturday probably was a bit of a case of that, like you said, caught in two minds. And maybe that's playing on in my mind. And, and hopefully as we go on and we continue to keep clean sheets and we continue to... But, you know, all we can do is get behind him and support him and... and, and at the same time, I think I think I'd rather much have him in there than a, a sort of younger, you know, a younger sort of perhaps player that perhaps hasn't got the experience that McFadden has got. We spoke about this before. As soon as the ball goes past him, if he's struggling a little bit, the old arms up. It's, it's that sort of experience, you know. It's offside ref. Given the referee something to think about, given the linesman something to read about, and that's just experience. That's from years and years of playing, and you don't get that, do you, as as a youngster? I, I think. And no, we're a much better team with him in it, one hundred percent. It was a fantastic performance by Jamie Allen who came into the middle of the park on Saturday, obviously got himself a goal, which we spoke about already, and it was really well took. But what did you make of his performance? Outstanding. This is what we've been waiting for to see, isn't it? You know, he came in for a couple of games. He did really well at Ipswich in the Cup at Portman Road. And then he hasn't played since, really, has he? However, you know... Great, great finish. You know, it's cool as cool as ice in that in that situation. And the actual run off the defender to that position where he didn't even need to break stride was brilliant. And that's what, you know, a lot of Burton Albion fans were talking about when we signed him in the summer. Yeah, his spatial awareness for that goal was, was oh, second to none. I mean, there's brilliant. a lot of players that from midfield that aren't used to be playing on that sort of that sort of shoulder, if you like, because you know he wasn't. He was almost last last man, wasn't he, in terms of defence? And the ball split the the defence open, and he sort of just opened his body up and and slotted it away. But it was you know to not to get in that position and not get to, um, you know, most people get a nosebleed if we're if we're honest. Um, and it just goes to show this the squad depth that we've got with. Shippers scoring now. Walsh has scored. O'Hare's picking up goals, um, and now Jamie Allen. 
good job in it because the strikers aren't scoring <laughs> no they're not and, and that's something that perhaps we may well come on to I wasn't actually going to mention um, about the strikers I actually felt a little bit sorry for, for uh, Matty Godden this weekend it was the ball like I said was swirling about it was going over his head nine times out of ten I don't know we've all played you know both me and yourself have actually played you know a fair fair standard of football haven't mm-hmm. we and and we've been in those games and when for a striker and it's just keeps going over their head and they're chasing lost causes it's 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 tough you know it's a tough role to play up there and I think he actually put himself about the weekend really well he never doesn't challenge you know he closes down defenders um, which is interesting enough what I wanted to mention about Alan actually is that he kind of gave us that bite back in the middle of the park a little bit um, I think that recent fixtures we've been a bit flat we were lacking that sort of pressure that closing down of, of opposition as quickly as we had been perhaps in the past which forced teams to make errors and I think Alan gave us that back a bit yeah very much so he's not just a person who just cheats and gets in the opposite the opposition's box and puts it in the back of the net no he's got he's a bit of an all-round midfielder he certainly can tackle he's got a good bite to his game hasn't he yeah he's he's and he's very good at energetic press as well so no he's got a lot about his game Jamie Allen and I can't wait to see what he's got to offer in the next few weeks to come yeah he doesn't mind putting his foot in does he 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 does does like that yeah, you know, it. you often see it's almost like you know when they do that, you know, training and they play. You have that player in the middle and you're passing it around and knocking around. It's almost like he's done that to death and someone's wound him up so many times <laughs> that he's just learned to actually yeah. now I'm just going to go and chase the ball down and win it because he's literally he he's he's quick off of his turn. He's back in and he's sliding around. I, I must admit, I saw it again where like his touch, um, he sort of took a touch and then someone knocked it past him and he was straight on him, sliding into him. And all right, he may have caught them. But at the same time, he's, it's that pressure, isn't it? And if he's not giving any midfielders a, a sort of minutes piece, then we're going to be um, we'll be fine. Yeah, hundred percent. He's got his uh, bit like Paul Scholes in the challenge, though, isn't he? But yeah, but no, I'd rather have that aggression or not. And obviously at the end of every game, and uh, we always tell our followers that don't forget they can join in with all of the conversation on Sky Blues Extra podcast. They just used to hashtag Sky Blues Extra podcast. But obviously a lot of people got involved again also with the man of the match. And that went to Liam Walsh this weekend. It did. He got 57% of the votes. Thank you for everyone who voted. Great effort again. Um, his stats, you know, one goal, one assist, 29 passes made, three chances created, which was the highest by anyone in in the game. One shot, which was the goal. Uh, not a bad uh, ratio, that, 100%, is it? Two key passes and one tackle. So, yeah, another brilliant display by Walsh. He's been outstanding, Walsh, ever since. Well, Birmingham, he was brilliant in the first leg. Then at Fleetwood, he was out, probably a man of the match against Fleetwood. And and now he's man of the match against uh, Bristol Rovers as well. He seems to uh, play on the swivel, shall we say, on the DJ decks, doesn't he? The way he plays. So, yeah, yeah, no, he does. And he's linked up really well with sort of Kelly in there. And he's he's made that position his own, you know, from, from what was a, a tough midfield to perhaps get into uh, and hold down a... a a place uh, regularly uh, other than Kelly of course there's a lot of competition for places and he seems to have emerged doesn't he out of the out of that that group of players and he seems to probably be the first on the team sheet now yeah him and Kelly are definitely them two um, really are cemented their places in the midfield for the Sky Blues yeah I wouldn't want to pick any of them another two in those places ahead of those two he's been brilliant and uh um, well, the thing that impresses me about Walsh is that the way he drives, you know, he turns, he swivels, and then he drives, and then he plays passes, you know, over to the side, or he plays that killer pass. And so when someone's got that little bit of turn and acceleration to get away from people, that's what you need in the centre of the park. Yeah, no, exactly. And as we say, you know, he's actually our player of the month as well for January and he's not started February too badly. So um, no. let's hope he keeps up that that superb, you know, form that he's he takes that into February because we've got some key games coming up and we could really do with, with Walsh continuing that superb form that he's been on. So at the end of that game, Bristol Rovers, albeit it was a bit of a scrappy display almost gutsy uh, I think Cal O'Hare came out on Twitter and said it was a bit of a scrappy game I'm sure he's got a few bruises uh, from the battle but where does that leave us uh, at the end of 
the weekend of the table? Well, Leeds is fifth. Um, still with two games in hand. It looks, seems like we've had these two games in hand for months, doesn't it? Yeah, um, had, I think we'll have to play them at some point. Maybe they'll play them on FIFA if they don't yeah, get a chance. Yeah, maybe. Or Football Manager or something. I don't know. Mm. But it seems to have had them for months. But yeah, we're... Um, Obviously, five points away from Rotherham with two games in hand, but more interestingly, with two points ahead of uh, behind Wickham, and Wickham again lost at the weekend, I think. So, uh, and their form is terrible, so they're falling like a stone. So, that second place and even first place is still up for grabs. So, yeah, really, some and it cements us in that fifth position as well because Sunderland lost as well, so it puts us a three-point buffer outside the playoffs. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. I'm going to move on to hot topics now, Andrew. And there's only one to really talk about, and that was the transfer window. Um, Sam McCallum was the the big news from the transfer window who made a move and switch to Norwich. Um, Obviously come back from Norwich on loan to us as he played this weekend against Bristol Rovers. Just sum up your thoughts about the transfer and, you know, do you think it's a good move for for the young lad? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say I'm pleased for Sam. Any lad who has a chance to play at the Premier League level can't turn that down. So I'm pleased for Sam. He's got the opportunity to play at a higher level. So I'm pleased for the kid. It's great business for Coventry, though. Uh, The Sky Blues paid nothing for him. And they've got three million plus uh, profit on him over a small period of time. He's only just come into the side recently. So what a quick turnaround to get three million pounds. So no, um, whether we're playing at St. Andrews or the Rico, that deal would have been done. So no, I'm happy with the money. And plus we get him back on loan, uh, which is a bonus. And I don't think, I think he played pretty decently yesterday. Um, So yeah, it doesn't seem, he seems to be, back in the groove and hopefully get us promoted and then we can wish him well to to Carrow Road, can't we? Yeah, we had a couple of thoughts from our Twitter followers and again, we always appreciate them joining with the conversation. Jack Lightly actually echoes your thoughts and he said it's a great bit of business. He said you can't turn down three to five million in this league. He said all the best to the lad and I'm glad he's following the footsteps of Madison. Hope he emulates his rise. We'd also had Jamie McAllister that said prior to the sale, obviously I would have rejected any offers and wait until the summer, but accepting three million would be a decent price tag for for Sam McCallum. And Neil Littlewood, however, said all over clubs are selling young English players for eight figures. Why are we settling for three million? Have you got any thoughts on there was a numerous fans actually that felt that sort of three million was just not enough for Sam McCallum? For a person that you pay nothing for, um, no, three million is. Uh, people, you know, I see the argument. People would say, "Oh, if you if we get in the championship, you know, um, we would have got seven, six, seven, eight million for him." Well, we don't know if we're going to get promoted, and with the owners we've got, I'm sorry, they're going to take the money. They look at it as a business, and they see we bought him for nothing in a short period of time. Now we can get three million for him that bid will always going to be accepted whether you agree with it or not. I think, to be personally honest, I don't think it's too bad business. And with the recruitment department we have these days, I think they'll have people in mind which we can replace Sam with. Plus, remember Brandon Mason, you know, the best left-back since sliced bread at the start of the season? We've got him to come in as well. So Yeah, and finally, he'll, he'll probably get a chance to, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, squad rotation now that... Robbins knows Sam's not going to be here till, well, you know, not going to be here after the next end of the season. It's a good chance to sort of get that, um, freshen it up every now and again at left back. But you still got a solid, you know, option in in Sam McCallum if you if you want to continue playing him. But at the same time, it's a good chance now to have a good chat with Brandon Mason and Robbins has probably got to tell him if he is if he is in his thoughts and if he is in his plans, um, which I know a lot of our followers uh, hope that he is and want to see him get a chance. If he is, he needs to start, you know, using him and, and maybe that squad rotation. Yeah, definitely. I just, I just think with Mason, though, I, just, I think, I think he's a better left back than a wing back. You know, I think he's a better full back. And the thing is we're playing with a system that we play wing backs. So, you know, I would like to see a bit more of him in the wing back situation and see how, how, how he does. Because we all know how good he is at fullback. And we left it a little bit late. I didn't think there was going to be any business done. Robin's actually done a press conference, didn't he, and said there was no chance of anyone coming in. It'd be very surprised. We heard that for the whole of January, actually. Um, but then we did get someone in. 
We did, David. Yeah, we did. What do you, we, do you want to tell got, us more about? Yeah, yeah sorry. Of... Yeah, we got Ryan Giles in um, from Wolves. Yeah, sorry, his name just mis misfired for me for a minute. Yeah, we got, Ryan, <laughs> we got Ryan Giles in. Yeah, uh, from Wolves. Yeah, obviously he's been on loan at Shrewsbury. Um, he started the season pretty decently. Scored an absolute stunner. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah, I put it on the Twitter page. It was an outstanding goal, but that's the only goal he did score again uh, for Shrewsbury. However, he did turn the game. You know, when we played them, the last time we lost, I think this season, against yeah. Shrewsbury, 2-1, yeah. it was his cross for their last goal. So that was an outstanding delivery. Um, I don't know too much about him, apart from that he's obviously left-sided, very good technician, good technically. Um, he can play, I think Robin said yesterday in his uh, post-match that he can play anywhere down the left-hand side so he can play left back left wing back and also can play at the top of the pitch so interesting signing that one he looks uh, quite an exciting prospect and he's added quality isn't it but I just don't know where he's going to play yeah maybe the, like we said the squad rotation with Sam and the thoughts that you you just shared around Mason being a bit more of an old-fashioned sort of left back sort of Nigel Winterburn style I guess uh, that's going <laughs> yeah. to pack some isn't it that is isn't it yeah I don't know where I still, remember, I still remember Winterbell having a fight with Strachan. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> I don't draw. Was it a draw? I think oh, so, points. mate. <laughs> no knockdowns. No, mate, no. Not with those two. Uh, yeah. Smallins, no, definitely not. But a couple of fiery characters, though. Yeah, no. But I, I think that might be the point that, you know, if he can play left and he can play on the left wing and he's a bit more of a winger, then maybe that gives us that option that Sam McCallum still gives us. And maybe Robbins does think um, that Mason is more of a sort of uh, old fashioned left back. And I think if you think the styles that we set up in when Mason played, especially Mm -hmm. at the start of the season, we probably was playing a little bit more of that sort of role. So uh, who knows? Let's see. Um, but you know, let's hope that Mason gets some some time on the pitch. He definitely deserves it, and um, it, we also need it because we are now going to be having a player exit at the end of the season. He's not going to still be ours, and you know we need to address that position. Yeah, hundred percent. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. So we've got obviously a, a fixture coming up on Tuesday night. It's the FA Cup replay against Birmingham. Uh, we wasn't able to go through um, in the in the, obviously the first leg. A really unfortunate chance. Bakayoko put it on an absolute plate for for Cal O'Hare, and he wasn't able to fire us into the next round. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of games we've had recently. There's a lot of fixtures we're playing. What would you sort of start in lineup would be for for the Birmingham game? Uh, obviously they've come off a good win against Forest at home didn't they yesterday so I think Robbins will go strong we need the money I think the obviously with the chance to play Leicester as well at the uh, you know down at Leicester's ground yeah yeah, the Chris Bowl yeah he's enticing as well so I think he'll go strong Um, my starting lineup will be Morosi Dabo McCallum Fads uh, Rose and Hyam and then I'd play Kelly and Walsh, the undroppables. And then I'd play maybe O'Hare and Allen again, and I would start with Max up front. So you you drop Godden or give him a rest perhaps for uh, Max Biamu. What you you wouldn't you wouldn't sort of drop Allen out if he's for me he plays mm. so strongly that actually I'd pretty much mirror your um starting lineup there, but I think I probably would slot Shipley in. Um yeah. Just because I think actually we've got that squad depth, Shipley's in no way means you know a lesser player, and I think he you know he can step into that position as much as anyone. Um, and maybe maybe it would be Allen that would just you know perhaps you know have a rest and and keep him for for the game against Bolton. What what do you think is gonna? How do you think it's gonna play out? Yeah, it's a difficult game, this one. Um, you know, they got a great result against Forest at the weekend, building 2-1. Um, I think Scott Hogan scored for them, but I presume he'd be cup-tied. So, um, but yeah, um, it's going to be a difficult game again. You know, a lot of people say, you know, we had that chance. You're going to get another, you know, it was such a good chance for Cal O'Hare to put us through into the next round. Will we get another chance? Some people always say, well, you have one chance and that's it in the FA Cup. But, 
if we play like we can do, we've got definitely an opportunity to beat them. And with the carrot of playing Leicester at the end of it, players will be well up for that. And I think Robbins will be as well. So it should be another good game Saturday, uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, looking forward to it. And like I say, hopefully we win. I think, again, it's going to be a tough fixture. I think it'll probably be a bit of a similar game to the first one. Um, probably not a load of goals, I wouldn't imagine. I think it's probably going to end up 1-0 to either side. Uh, and it wouldn't be surprising if it was Birmingham or Coventry, if I'm honest. Um but hopefully we can get through. Hopefully we can progress. Like you said about the carrot at the end um, or the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, that would be Leicester. That would be a really, really tough fixture. But what a day out for the fans. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I remember the M69 derby, you know, growing up in my teenage years. I used to love going to Filbert Street and watching us beat them. So, yeah, bring back the M69 derby. I so I, I want to see that back in my life, definitely. I must admit, I don't have massively fond memories. I think it was, I don't know if it ended 4-1, but I, I, it was disgraceful for me. I think I actually left. may have been at half-time or even on the 55th minute. It's Yeah, that was pretty disappointing for myself looking back. But I was a, you know, a young un and I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't watch, couldn't be, couldn't be taunted by their fans any longer. No. Um, we were getting absolutely, like, you know, we were getting absolutely battered. And I just, oh, it was a, and, and that time I was travelling up from the Isle of Wight I was putting in a good wow. I mean, 300 miles every week to, to there and you know 600 mile round trip on the train leaving at 6 in the morning so I, I probably could have given myself a pass for, for leaving a bit early and I probably got home a little bit early for a few few jars but I remember that being one fixture that was just yeah not fun to watch bit better for me I remember I, I was there at Filber Street when we beat them 3-0 in the FA Cup when wheel and chip Casey Keller so yeah yeah, a bit better memories for me, Dave. Well, that's I hope. weren't leaving early that day. No, I don't. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't say to anyone listening to this ever leave a game early. I think it's just one of those things that you just you've put you've you've paid your, you know you've you've brought your ticket. Enjoy the ride. You know if what you I mean. Get, it's that sort of thing. But if you get spanked four one, I don't blame you, mate. By the foxes, bloody hell. Um, and then moving on, obviously this weekend, huge, huge fixture. Not mm. for any reason other than of where it can perhaps take us. Um, we could go as high as second in the table should fixtures go us our way. But what needs to happen for that in order for us to go second? Well, obviously Coventry need to win to beat Bolton. But if they if we do, Sunderland versus Ipswich, a draw there would see Ipswich on 49 points and would also keep Sunderland behind the Sky Blues, which is what we all want, obviously, because Sunderland's not our favourite team, are they? Not always our favourite team. Not at all. Peter would play Oxford and ideally we'd want to draw there. And Wickham play Bristol Rovers. So we really need Johnson Clark Harris to get his shooting boots on there and get Rovers a win. And that would see City on the same points, but third on goal difference. All right. If 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 the Rovers were to draw, yeah. So if yeah. Rovers were to win, we'd be added leapfrog uh, above. But Correct. like you say, if, That's if right, there yeah. was a draw we'd be on the same points but look we've got those game in hands I'm actually going to run for a little bit of history actually of the Bolton yeah. uh, Coventry saga if you like um, the sides have played each other in the league 17 times the Sky Blues have won four of those fixtures Bolton have won three and there's been 10 draws sounds a bit like our season this year mm. a draw again wasn't it this season rather unexpected given Bolton's difficulties uh, we drew of them away and I think a lot of our fans were probably expecting to win. Our biggest win um, was away, actually. 5-1 in the 97-98 to 98 season. Um, goals from Whelan, a brace apiece from Dion Dublin and Darren Huckabee saw us win 5-1. Scott Sellers was on target for Bolton. But amazingly, Andy, it was all square at the break. But how yeah, is this weekend's fixture going to pan out? Um... Obviously, they're man they've, they've got Keith Hill as their manager, um, experienced manager, isn't he? At this at this level, they've had their troubles, Bolton, uh, with all the points deductions, and obviously nearly going out of business. So, yeah, I think we can relate to them a little bit regarding that. So, it looks like they're going to go down at the end of the season, which is a shame for them. Um, the last five, uh, they've won. They've won the last one. They beat Tranmere on Saturday two 0 which is a good win for them. But they lost. The, they lost three, drew one, and obviously they beat Tranmere on Saturday. So yeah, that's the last five. 
the key player, the leading goal scorer is Daryl Murphy. Um, he's got eight and 17. Um, and he's a good player, good yeah. hold-up player, played for Ireland, hasn't he? Uh, I think he was at Forest before this as well. So he's always scored goals at decent level. Um, so, yeah, he's a good player. Um, they've got Jason Lowe in midfield, formerly of Blackburn. Yeah, he's a decent box-to-box midfield player. Um, but on the plus point, uh, they've got the worst away record in the league, um, which is happy days, but scoring Andy. just five goals and letting in 34, Dave. And our defensive record's fairly good. Yeah, and our home record's very good as well. So, yeah. Um, the omens are good. Very good, mate. Yeah, looking uh, for three points, nothing less or more on this one, mate. Yeah, exactly. We couldn't be expecting sort of any less than three points. And like you say, Bolton haven't been without of their difficulties and we can relate to them. Awful situation, really. And, and to be fair, you know, when you look at the league table, I know they're rock bottom, but for saying they were deducted 12 points, have they picked, is it 11 they've picked up now? Yeah, more at home though, Dave. Yeah, of course. Um, but like you say, nothing less than a win is going to be acceptable for the Sky Blues. So how would you line up against Bolton this weekend? I'll uh, go with the same team as what happened Bristol Rovers, but I would play Biama instead of Godden. Yeah, so you'd you'd literally go exactly the same team, but you'd play Biama rather than Godden. Why is that? I just think with God, I just think every time Max plays, he causes problems. Um, I think he works the back line as well as um, Godden does. But I think he's a bit more air, got a bit more of an aerial presence about him, and he always seems to do something. Like when he came on against Birmingham in the cup, he tested the keeper. He scored, you know, two goals against Bristol Rovers in the in, in the cup game as well um, at St Andrews. So I just every time he plays, it's the same with Callum O'Hare. Every time he seems to play, he does something. So and Godden hasn't scored in six games. So I'm sorry, Australian, you're a striker. You need to score goals and. Um, I'm a fan of Godden. I like his work rate, but like I said in my earlier point, he hasn't scored in six games, so I'd leave him out for this one. He was a little bit quiet when he came on at the weekend, though. I mean, I know he came in late to the game. I think it was probably it only 10, late, 10 minutes or if less than that to, to go. Um, so it didn't really get a massive chance to be able to show what he can do and appreciate that. But he didn't really, you know, he didn't do anything amazing if that makes sense and and we were sort of quite on top for periods of that last section of the game so um yeah i'm not sure for me the starting lineup are going there's players that you can't drop um morosi obviously being one of them uh the left and the right back uh, another uh, group that you, you wouldn't be able to drop them and, and the defense has been solid you know fairly all season we just mentioned how well we've played in in you know in a defensive record so it really is the only places up for grabs i feel at the moment is that middle of the park and is that striker and i know fans are becoming increasingly sort of frustrated perhaps at um Godden for lack of, of of goals because obviously he went on that scoring spree and everyone was hoping that that was going to kickstart perhaps you know a scoring spree and I know you spent you spoke many time about it Andy before about you know he seems to score in in sort of batches yeah in batches and then goes a little bit quiet um, I don't know I'd like to see it's a very tough one for me because I I agree with you in that. BMW will probably give us exactly the same sort of uh, presence, if you like, up the top of the pitch um, to Godden. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'd keep it exactly the same. I think for this game, maybe again, it would be, you know, I've, I could see it staying the same. I can see Robin staying with the same team as the one against Bristol because it's very hard to change a winning side, although he's yeah. done it this year. Yeah, Robbins might think to himself, because Bolton are uh, away record so poor, he might think, yeah, let's just give Godden another chance to get him up and running again. So he might think that way, might he? Yeah, and don't forget, we always say to our followers, and, and again, it's another topic of conversation which would be absolutely great for you guys to join in with just make sure when you tweet us you use the hashtag sky blues extra podcast but let us know what you think let us know what your starting lineup would be and let us know where you stand on the debate around godden versus max biamu starting up front for our home game against bolton so i'm going to take some school predictions from you andy okay i think uh 3-1 saturday mate for me Ouch. So we're going to concede against a team that's only scored five goals this yeah. 
Yeah, I think we're going to, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm happy with that, Dave. Yeah, 3-1, mate. You're not going to sway me. Right, well, fair enough. I'm going up early doors. Um, got a lift up there this weekend, so I won't be take the train won't be taking the strain, um, and it would probably save me a fair bit in the pocket. So, but really looking forward to the fixture. It's an absolute must win. And at the end of the game, I'm really looking forward to seeing the league table, where hopefully we would have climbed and some results which have been going our way recently, haven't they? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so yeah, they have been. So um, hopefully that continues on Saturday with uh, three points because uh, we want to get back in those automatics soon as, don't we? Yeah, and I think they're definitely up for grabs. And I mentioned uh, I spoke on Twitter that I think we're we're as good as any team in this league. If if you know ten or fifteen minutes, sadly, is good enough to win any game as well in this league. It, it's it's not terrible don't get it wrong but I think we've shown time and time and again that we're you know far far greater than majority of the teams in this league and we need to make that count and I think for myself a score prediction would be 3-0 I wouldn't like to concede I, I think our defensive record you know is, is solid we're very very good at home I think it'd be great as well you know I think there'd be a lot of people going along hoping to see a real spectacle against Bolton they're not going to be a pushovers but I'm going to say 3-0. I think if you get one or two, uh, especially early on, I think their heads will go down and I think it would actually, you know, start to floodgates could open. And I'm hoping that from those three goals, Matty Godden's on the score sheet because I think he needs it. And I think the fans probably want to see him score as well. I don't think anyone doesn't, you know, doesn't want to see him score. And I, I can't see Robbins changing it. I think he will start Matty Godden and it'd be great to see him get a goal. Yeah, okay, that. I'll just go with Biamo, but we could be talking until the early hours about that, can't we, Dave? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It has been a bit of a um, debate going on. Uh, and like I say, it'd be great to hear from our followers. That's all we've got time for on this week's Sky Blues Extra podcast. As, is, as we say, make sure that you follow us for all of our match reaction news, post-match reaction and more on the Twitter account and on the Facebook and Instagram now. So just search us on those channels and you'll be able to find us. And it leaves me to say good night from myself. And good night from me. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.